So that's the temperature of the room. We're going to need to bring that way up, like way up here today, guys. Um, if not, this is going to be a long three hours. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, check this out. Uh, listen, y'all pray for our pastor. He didn't want to preach today, and it was just weird. And so I was like, look, something's going on. Um, I think it has to do with Auburn. I don't know. Um, I think it has to do with Auburn, but I don't know. Um, I just wanted to share that. I believe in being transparent. Amen. So if you're worried about them, that's Josh at Eastgate.cc. Um, send him some emails. I'm just kidding. Our, our pastor's awesome. Um, he, uh, he got to preach at a New Year's Eve just shindig. Is that a cool word to you still? Shindig? No? Shindig? What are the kids saying now? Rave? Wow, it got really, really quiet. Yeah, so, um, but it was really awesome. Uh, several other churches and community leaders and stuff like that came and they gathered and they brought in the new year. And I've heard like different numbers uh, at like 2.30 a.m. Listen, if I'm up at 2.30 a.m., I'm at the hospital with the kid. I'm just going to tell y'all. 2.30 a.m. is not in my wheelhouse anymore. Um, you know, it's amazing if I see uh, like late midnight, you know, unless I want to go to sleep. And then, you know, of course, that's, that's how that happens, right? Um, <laughs> I want to I tell you, I want to set up a couple of things today. I think it's going to be good. I believe I've got a word from God. And I believe, listen, I believe that someone needs to hear it because listen, it has been all kinds of like technical glitches, all kinds of stuff happening this morning to keep, keep our service from going forward. And I'm just going to tell you what, it's all right. Um, if everything, if everything fails this morning, we have the word of God. Amen. And, and, and listen, it's in my heart. We're going, we're going to get a good word. And, and what I want to encourage you to do today is just lean in, lean in. Okay. Um, I know it's kind of like, it's weird because it's the end of the year, but it's also the beginning of another year. And so we're still trying to get back in the, in the swing of things and the, in the swing of, okay, Christmas is over. It's back to work now. Um, it's, it, it, it kind of feels like that it's a new year, but we've carried over the old things and I'm going to start preaching if I don't stop. Hey, before we go any further, I want to handle just a couple of, uh, kind of housekeeping things, if you would. First of all, COVID. I want to talk about COVID this morning. Uh, I want to clear up some, a couple of things. I want to encourage some people. Uh, Pastor Rachel mentioned we have a lot of people sick. Um, some of those people have COVID. Some of them do not. But the ones that do have COVID, um, we're, we're praying. We're believing that God's going to heal them. We're believing that they're not scared. We're believing that they're not, they're not shrinking back. I know some of them, um, and I've seen the interactions with like my wife and, and stuff like that between them, and it doesn't sound like they're shrinking back at all. And so um, I wanted to take a minute though. Again, we're at this kind of weird stage in the year where sicknesses tend to flare up. You know, you, you, you tend to get sick. And now we're in this awkward stage where if you get the sniffles, it's, Oh gosh, it's COVID, right? Um, it's awkward, like don't cough, don't sneeze, don't do anything. But um, 
I know a lot of uh, a lot of businesses are starting to get impacted, numbers are rising, stuff like that. I just wanted to take a second and tell you that at this time, Eastgate Church, we are going to continue to meet. We're going to continue to do what God's called us to do. Amen. Because because here's the deal at the at the end of the day, unless God sends a miracle, this virus is going to join us right along with the flu and the cold every year. And so it's not going to go away. And so if we go away because this virus is here, then we've let something distract us from the mission that we have as a church. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Give him praise. Give him praise. Now, with that said, I want to encourage you to use your own caution, use your own wisdom when it comes to you and your family. You do not walk alone here. We support you. We believe in in your wisdom. And all I would ask, if you would, and hear me out for real, don't just say yes. Don't just, cool. If you're wondering kind of what to do as numbers start to rise and you're looking at, okay, okay, am I going to quarantine? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do this? Take time and pray. Take time and pray because here's the deal. We're surrounded by all types of stuff that's going to make you have a knee-jerk reaction. And at the end of the day, you may feel like God has called you to take your family and nestle up and be safe and be wise Praise God for that. But I just encourage you to take time and pray. Amen? Yeah. We promise we'll do that? Yeah. Good. If, that, if any of that made anybody mad, send me an email. We'll take care of it again. Just in case you don't know how to spell my name, it's J-O-S-H at eastgatechurch.cc. Um, the other thing I wanted to do, I didn't get a chance to do this uh, really since Christmas, but I wanted to take time and do a couple of things. One, thank everybody for all the sweet outpouring of love and gifts and notes and, and cards and stuff like that, that that me and my family have received over, over the holidays. It has been such a blessing. And I can tell you just from the very bottom of my heart, I really read these things. And um, often, more than not, it's kind of getting a little junky in there, but I try to hang them up somewhere in my office so that I can see this because it's, it's encouraging. So I just want to tell you, thank you for, for thinking of us. It is humbling to, to serve you guys, and I love you guys. I love this church. Thank you so much. Um, the other thing I wanted to do is take a second and thank our volunteers this year because I haven't got a real big chance to do that since Winter Wonderland. And, and uh, Winter Wonderland, man, it was amazing. And I can just tell you that there were some hardworking people planning it. There were some hardworking people setting it up hardworking people working the thing and then tearing it down. And it was amazing because we had uh, around a thousand people on this campus. And and listen, wasn't it a really smooth for like a big holiday outreach thing like that with that many people, everything was smooth. And it was amazing because I could tell you, I was over set up and, and tear down and listen, the, the parking guys, we merged because it was such a big project. And man, they knocked it out of the park. I'm telling you, they did great. 
and the execution of parking. And I'm telling you, I got off stage and I went back there to, to do like the final prep and stuff. And uh, I, I see Lawrence and I see a couple of other guys. I, 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 they're, they're out there and they're just setting up everything. They're like just running everywhere. And it's amazing because I'm like, okay, these guys have it. I'm going to get back in service. Um, and, and so I just want to take a second and thank you so much. It was amazing. It's an amazing outreach, and we could not have done it without our volunteers and our leaders. So, yes, yes, thank you. <clears throat> All right, I got a word for you today. So we're going we're gonna to start at Isaiah 61. If you want to take a, a moment and flip there, it's going to be up on the screens as well. We're also going to be going and looking at Luke uh, chapter 2 verses 8 through 13 again. We've kind of looked at those a couple of times during this series, which by the way, your eyes did not deceive you. We are still doing our, our Christmas is series. And that's because when I was thinking of all this stuff and I got these scriptures, I was like, hey, this is weird. It's, it's kind of along the same lines of what we were talking about for Christmas. And, and I started thinking, and, and uh, honestly, I, I, I was like, Christmas as a season is over, but Christmas and what it represents, it has just started, all right? And, and so uh, I, I kind of titled this message that Christmas is new beginnings. Christmas is new beginnings. I'm going to take a second and get some water. That uh, singing takes it out of me, man. My beautiful voice, it takes a hammering when I when I sing. Um, Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that the captives will be released. The prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, listen to this, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. We sang that this morning, right? A joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. And in their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. So here we have Isaiah and he's given a prophecy and he's given a prophecy about Jesus, right? That, that's kind of who this prophecy is setting up. And, and I want to tell you a couple of things about prophecies. Now, he was speaking to the Israelites and their situation, but he was also speaking into the future as, as a future hope. And so you, what, what you see is you kind of see this, you have a word for today and a word for the future. And, and, and so Isaiah's, Isaiah's word right here, it's a, it's a help in their present morning. It's a help in their present danger in their circumstance. It's a help where they find themselves, but it's also talking to us. It's also talking about those that would be there for the birth of Jesus. It, it, it's talking about everyone who will experience what is to come. And so we see in Luke 2, we see the fulfillment of this. Now, um, guys, I'm not going to go there quite yet. I added 
a, a couple of things. I'm throwing a curveball at the media team. It's the fulfillment in Isaiah's prophecy there, but it's also a fulfillment of one found in chapter nine. And in chapter nine, here's what it says in Isaiah chapter nine. It says, for a child is born to us, a child is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Right, His government and his peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. Listen to this, listen. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Come on now. A couple of weeks ago, I preached and I was preaching about one of my favorite verses where it talks about Jesus being at the right hand of God and he's interceding for us. And now we're sitting here reading that, that Isaiah is saying that, hey, all of heaven's armies, that's a powerful army, y'all. All of heaven's armies will make sure that this will happen. Listen, can I just encourage you with that today? You got a savior that's sitting at the right hand of glory and he's interceding for you. But it also talks about that all the things that Jesus came to establish, all of heaven's armies are fighting on behalf of that to make that happen. Man, if we were able to shift our focus and to get that, right? <laughs> Listen, I got I to gotta stop. Y'all got to stop. I'm going I'm to get started preaching. Okay, so you fast forward 700 years. You just think that you're waiting, right? You, you think that you're in a, like an a in-between space. Isaiah says this, and then 700 years we see the fulfillment of this prophecy in Luke 2 says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Man, I love that. Good news that'll bring great joy to all people. Man, that's some news I can get on board with, right? Give me some news that'll bring great joy to, to all people. Goes on in verse 11, it says, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now, I, I wanna ask you something. We've been, we've been reading that I know that I preached twice in this and I've read this, but I didn't really see this. And I wanna ask you if you saw it. Did you see the transition from fear to faith? When you read this, did you see it? Did you see how some of the first people that would encounter Jesus as an infant were taken from fear to peace? You see, they were in the presence of Jesus, the promised Messiah, the prophesied about Messiah, the Messiah that's gonna get in the middle of it. They were, they were in the presence of Jesus, but they were also confronted with fear. And, and the angel said, don't be terrified. I bring you good news to all people. And then it goes on to say, you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the baby 
wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, and they were praising God. They were praising God. Now, we have Isaiah, and he's telling about the Messiah, and then you, you, you have 700 years from now, the Messiah's coming, right? This is the Messiah that he just said he's going to give beauty for ash and joy for mourning, right? He's going to get in the middle of despair and give you garments of praise. Like this is, this is a promise that you want to see fulfilled. And, and, and let me be honest for just a second, church, if, you, if you'll allow me. I'm preaching this message today with a very vulnerable heart, very vulnerable heart. Listen, this is something that I have gone through. This is something that, that I'm working out. This is something that I'm navigating right now. I think that's why this was so heavy on my heart. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of tell you why. But first of all, I don't want to bring y'all no bread that I won't eat. You know what I mean? Y'all know I'm a food guy. I love food. Um, I don't want to bring y'all no word that hasn't spoke to me. And so I want to tell you I'm in a very vulnerable place speaking this message today. And that's because I believe in, in eating the food. You know what I mean? Um, rest assured, I, I, again, I love barbecue. I love food. If you've ever had any of my barbecue, yes, I, I just want you to rest assured that I licked every piece that went on that plate. <laughs> right there, there's three people in the room. Right there, there's one that's like, ah, he's joking. There's one that's like, ah, is he joking? And I don't know what the third one is. I forgot. Y'all made me ruin my joke. Rachel's laughing at me. Um, Seven hundred years. Um, as I'm reading these passages, though, I'm being reminded of the the goodness of God. I'm being reminded of all the things that, that he's done, all the things that he's capable of, all the, all the things to look forward to. Amen. Um, but at the same time, I'm hurting, right? Uh, I, I'm talking about God's faithfulness a, a little bit today because I've needed it more this year than perhaps I have in my adult life. You know, it's, it's been God's faithfulness that I could talk about this year because I've seen him be faithful in my own life. At the time, it was not great. It was not fun. But if I was not in need, I, I wouldn't have got to see the, the faithfulness of, of God. And I'm, I'm hurting today because I'm going to talk about faith today and praying and healing. While, meanwhile, my brother-in-law, he's in the last stages of very advanced cancer. And to be honest with you, he's more like my brother. He's been in my life a long time. Um, some people might hear the word brother-in-law and kind of divorce the, the sentiment away from that. But I'm very close to him. I love him. I love my sister. I love my, my family. We're all very close. And to be honest with you, unless God does a miracle, you know, um, so I'm praying that he'll be healed, but right now I'm in between. I'm, I'm in between the praying to be healed and, and what God is going to actually 
do. I'm in between two kind of realities, and that's what I want to talk to you about today, church, is kind of the, the truth of those realities, right? The truth of those realities. The, the fact is, is when I was writing this, I started to kind of like see them branch off these, these two realities. And I believe I'm like, man, so, there's somebody in here that needs to hear this this morning. There's somebody in here that's going through something and they need to hear how they're going to get out of it. They need to hear what they can do to get out of it. So church, I'm just gonna take a second. I'm gonna pray over us. Father, I pray today that our ears are open to hear and our hearts are open to receive God. I believe that you want to do an amazing thing in us. I believe that you want to do an amazing thing through this church and in this church, God. I believe you're already doing it, God. It's our present and our future, Lord. Have your way. Your holy name we pray. Amen. So I started reading in Luke 2, right? And I started thinking about these characters who were who are the benefactors in, in this prophecy that was 700 years in the making, right? And, and in Isaiah 61, it says that Jesus comes to get in the middle to give beauty for ash, to give uh, dancing for mourning, to give, to give joy for mourning, Right, he's going to be the key that unlocks the prisoners. He's he's going to be the one to set the captives free. And then I started thinking about this joy and mourning, and I'm like, could we agree that those are two different realities? They're they're two very real things. You have joy, and, and you have mourning. You have you have sadness. You have hurt, and you have healing, and they're all real but they're all different. And here's the thing that I started to think about is I'm like, at the same time that these are two realities, I feel like one of the big things that Christians do is they don't want to admit that they are two realities. They want to they wanna pretend like two realities aren't trying to happen or, or they, they don't want to admit that they can exist at the same time, right? Uh, let me ask you this, like, I'm blessed, but I'm still a little bit broken. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm praying for something, but I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm in the middle of praying and promise. I'm in the middle of, of hearing this dream and this promise from God and, and being in the transition to that and living in two realities. Let me say it like this. Have you ever entered into a new season? Maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's, it's a new house, new apartment, new, new something, just a new season, and you enter it with uncertainty? You, 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 you enter it with uncertainty because, because here's the deal. You've been praying about this. You've been praying for a new job. You've been praying for a new, new this, whatever it be. It just a, a, a new season. You've been praying for it. Now you've got it. So you've got the promise, but you've been in the place between the prayer and the promise for so long that you're not walking in the confidence and the power and the authority that God meant for you to walk in that promise. 
And here's why, church, here's why. Because you're scared that something's gonna come and mess it up. Or that it's gonna come as, or it's gonna go as fast as it came. You, you feel like that's the resume of your life. It's, it, it, it's just, well, I think it's almost here. And then it, it, it's like two steps back. When, when you look at these characters and see how they were impacted by the life of Jesus, by the birth of Jesus, you see different patterns. But what you start to see is you have people that are living in two realities. And I'm going to talk about some of those people right now. Zechariah. He would go on to be the father of John the Baptist, right? Um, I, I started laughing because I'm like, uh, I was reading this, and 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 my translation that I was reading it just says John. I'm like, he forgot his last name. <laughs> no, all right, cool. Just call me later. We'll talk about that over lunch. Um, th- your joke was terrible. Thanks, man. It's terrible. Pastor Josh told me to tell you that joke, and it just didn't land. So it is what it is. Right. <laughs> he's like, I'll preach Sunday. I'm going. Okay. So you have Zachariah, and he's John the Baptist's dad. John the Baptist would go to set the stage for Jesus' ministry, he would baptize Jesus. But Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth were old right? The Bible says they were known to be barren. And the angel comes to Zechariah and he goes, hey, you're going to have a baby, right? Now, listen, if I was Zechariah's age, I would have been like, no, no, I'm not. Not because I'm barren and not because I don't believe, but because I'm not having a baby <laughs> at my age, right? But that's not, that's not what he did. He he was so used to them being barren that he didn't even believe that the miracle was going to happen. And, and maybe that's you here today. Maybe that's you watching online. Maybe, maybe you're, you're here and, and you don't know how to receive the breakthrough because you've been in this other place for so long that when you hear about it, your first instinct is not to give praise, it's to be like, right, right. And, and, and so Zechariah was handed his miracle, but he was so used to being barren. Mm. When it comes, when your breakthrough comes, when your joy comes, you, you don't enjoy it because you're waiting for it to end. You're waiting for it to end. You're saying, I don't know how to carry joy. I don't know how to carry peace. And, and to be honest with you, Pastor Jeremy, pretending to is becoming a burden the truth of two realities. What about Elizabeth herself? She, was, she has the miracle of the baby on the inside, but she hasn't experienced having a baby yet. She's experienced the fun parts, right? The, the nausea, the swelling feet, the weird cravings, you know? She, she's experienced that part, but she hadn't experienced the, the miracle of having John the Baptist yet. And I'd be willing to bet that you know somebody like that today, whether or not that's you or you know someone in your life that feels that very same way, right? It's like we don't want to confront the fact that we're trying to have faith and it's in competition with fear sometimes. 
We don't want to acknowledge the fact that sometimes we don't have joy because we don't know how to have it. Meanwhile, we just pretend that, that the, the good stuff's winning the battle, right? Can I tell you today, guys, that will just leave you burned out. That will just leave you burned out. It will leave you tired. It will leave you mad. It will leave you bitter. Can we be a church that's willing to say today that, yeah, hey, listen, I believe God is good. I believe that he's moving in my life. I believe that he's going to answer my prayers. I believe that I'm a changed person. I believe that it's a new day, but, but there's still some areas that I'm wanting God to work on. There's still some areas that I need God to work on. There's still some areas that, that I know need to change. And, and while I'm waiting on these things, while I'm handing these things over and letting God change these, while I'm praying for these, while I'm seeking for these, I'm trying really hard to navigate this. And listen to me, if you can come to that place, church, you can come to a place where you can defeat the cycle of discouragement in your life. Because you could get to a place where you realize that God is moving and God is working. And sometimes it is a very weird season. Sometimes it is a weird transition. Can you imagine being in Israel and you're hearing the prophecy of the Messiah for the first time and then it takes 700 years? And I want to tell you today that you can... You can break that cycle of discouragement. What about Mary, the mother of Jesus? Most theologians believe that she was 14 to 16 years old when this angel shows up. And he says, hey, blessed and, and highly favored are you, right? But confusion and fear were present in that moment as well. If you go and read down a little bit further, Mary's actually, it, it says that her first response is that she was confused and terrified. Confused and terrified, fear and faith. Or the innkeeper, this one's a good one. The innkeeper that a very pregnant Mary and her husband, Joseph, have been traveling. Me and my wife went on a baby moon the weekend before Judah was born. And we look back it, it, we look back, um, I'll tell you what that means later. It's a little too PG-13. Pastor Josh is asking, it's okay. We're going to get through this, guys. We're going to vote him out. We're going to vote him out. Um, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Sorry. I've never had Pastor Josh here where I could pick on him right in the front row, so it's great. Um, but I look back at those pictures and, and for real, what a baby moon is, is it's like your last vacation before you have a baby. So Rachel was 15 months pregnant. She was so pregnant, guys. And you know, in that time, it didn't really, I'm sure it did to her. She's like, yeah, it did feel crazy. Who are you? But in that time, it felt like we were on a normal vacation. But uh, I look back at the pictures and I'm like, there might've been a couple of babies because she was super pregnant. And so I think of Mary, and I think of her husband who's been traveling, right? 
And they get to, we, we stayed in this really nice, like historic hotel in downtown Chattanooga. It's beautiful. They get to the end and he says, there's no vacancy in the end. And what God told me about that is, is, have you ever been so close to victory, so close to something amazing, but you don't know if you have the capacity? You don't know if you have the capacity to hold it. I've met people like this. They, they feel the presence of God. They see Jesus move, but they never walk past the fact that they are a flawed individual. And so they never believe that they have the capacity to carry something as powerful as the authority of God. They don't believe that they have the capacity to be forgiven, much left to forgive. They don't, they're not sure if they have the capacity. And you know, um, Again, being honest with you, sometimes I question that as we move into a new season of ministry in our church. I I question if I have the capacity and and I question as a leader and I think about the last season and I start to pray about the new season. And it's oftentimes in praying for that new season that I start to question that new season. And question my capacity, question, question what... I'll be able to do. And, and, and listen to me. Can I preach to you for a second, church? You going to give me permission online? Online? All right. It's amazing how much your capacity changes when you prioritize. Exactly. It's amazing how as you prioritize different stuff, your capacity changes. Come on, somebody. That's good word right there. The wise men, they were grateful but fearful at the same time because there's two realities. And I shared a little bit here recently about like my bout with anxiety and and panic attacks and stuff like that. And I remember being in the middle of it. And even now, like to to be honest with you on on kind of the other side of it, um, I feel foolish. I feel... I feel weak. I remember feeling stupid because I was going through something like this. Remember, you know, I was, remember feeling alone because I was just trying to be okay. Because at that point, you're like, I'm just supposed to be able to be okay. You know, you don't want to just admit, okay, something's wrong. What you want to do is you try, want to try to figure out what you can change and what you can navigate to make that that, that time, that in-between, more bearable. And, and I remember asking God, you know, I, I don't even understand why, why you're using me. Like it, it led to, to this bout of, of kind of like depression. Like, God, why are you leading, using me? Like I'm leading worship at church, but I'm fighting at home to be the best dad and the best husband that I, I, I can and not just not just close up, right? Uh, I, I wanted to just unplug from everything. I wanted to disappear in a dark room and be alone and listen to nerd podcast and eat. And that's all I wanted to do. It was a really weird time, really dark time. And I remember that on my good days, I would feel guilty about the bad ones. And, and, and here's the deal. 
I saw God. I felt God's presence. I sought after God. I felt him there, but I was, I was between a prayer and a promise. I was asking God, you know, what's going on? What, what are we doing? What, what needs to change? What, you know, and of course it sounds all straight liney from here, but it was more like, oh God, why can't I do this? You know, um, and maybe that's you today, right? Uh, on Sunday, you feel destined, but on Wednesday, you feel discouraged. On, on Friday, you feel beat down and you're just waiting to get to the place to where you can feel destined again, right? Is there anybody out there that, that, that's trying to have faith, but Right now, they were, you're, you're a little bit scared or praying for clarity right now, but you're still a little confused, right? Uh, I know that God is good, but I'm still negative, right? I, I know that I have crazy faith, but I'm, I'm crazy, <laughs> right? Let me, let me tell you that it was not until I stopped doing all the pretending and all the, well, this works, try this, do this. It wasn't until I stopped all that and, and asked God where this was coming from and acknowledged my struggles that I started feeling freedom. That I acknowledged that I was dealing with this and it was real that I started to feel freedom. And when it starts to come back, listen, I acknowledge it and I instantly try to find where it's coming from. Try to find where it's coming from. And here's why. Because anxiety could, could represent that I'm uncertain, right? Uh, it comes from feeling loss of control or fear from feeling loss of control. Fear could mean that I feel unsafe. Something has robbed my security, right? Doubt could indicate that a trust has been broken, and listen to me, oftentimes we carry these things that happen to us outside of our relationship with God into our relationship with God, but we carry it in backwards. We carry in doubt because we've, we've been let down by someone and we've been broken by someone. And instead of carrying it to God to let God heal it, we hide it and we step into God like, hey, I don't know that you're not going to do the same thing. And, and, and we carry this into our relationship with God. God. And listen to me, shame could indicate that you haven't forgiven yourself, that you haven't forgiven yourself. If, if you feel shame for something that you did, can I just tell you that, that God, there is nowhere that shame and the gospel are lined up. Jesus came to set you free from that. God himself chooses not to remember. He himself came. Can I just tell you that sometimes we get this twisted and sometimes we get it like God is up there waiting to just zap us with something. And, and, and I want to tell you today that he wants you to heal. He wants you to repent. He wants you to change. He doesn't want you to be there stuck in shame or, or sadness, 
Have you allowed yourself time to grieve? Have you allowed yourself time to heal? Um, discouragement, one of my favorites, living life like shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? This is, the, the, this is all the stuff I wish I would have done that I think about as I get older, and now I'm discouraged, right? And I'm about to set some people free. These are all indicators. These are all different emotions. These are all different road signs that it is time to do something about it. It is time to do something about it because the problems is we try to push these things back in. We try to stomp them down. We ignore them. And instead, we should be allowing God to trace them back to the problem inside of us that, that can be changed by God. And oftentimes, we pretend that it's not there. But these emotions are road signs that we need to carry something to Jesus it was not time for me to ignore what I was going through. It was time for me to say, it's time to do something about it. And let me ask you what I finally asked myself. Is enough enough? Is enough enough? Listen, when this stuff came to a head, I was sitting in my kitchen. I've been on like this panic attack that just felt like it wasn't going anywhere. Um, and it just kept getting worse, kept getting worse, kept getting worse. I'd been to the doctor. They had tried to give me medicine and it literally just felt like I was falling and I couldn't stop myself from falling. So all the adrenaline that you can think of, like if you just jump off a cliff, that's what it felt like. And I remember I was trying to keep the kids away because I didn't want them to see me like that. I didn't want them to get scared. I didn't want them to be upset. But also the slight sight of anybody near me would just start. It was just wee. And I remember I sat down in the kitchen floor and I was like, God, please. And I said, please let me find hope through this. And I felt the spirit of God. And that's when I knew that something was going to be different from that day. But I asked myself when I was praying, is enough enough? Am I going to keep grabbing this? Am I going to break the cycle of this in my life? Am I going to break the cycle of this in my kid's life? You see, because anxiety is something that runs in my family. And so could it be something, if, it, if it's something that can run in my family, could it be something that stops with me? And I ask myself, is enough, is, enough, is enough enough? And I think oftentimes we think, church, that we have to put our fight at the door when we walk into salvation. Like sometimes we just let salvation be something that happens to us rather than fully walking and, and fully working and operating in the power that, that Christ came to give us the reason he was born. And some of us, can I just tell you, we need to stop taking the stuff that happens to us as normal and instead take it back. Because we've lived with this stuff being normal for so long that when we get the miracle, we don't know how to walk in it because it's not the normal. The grief, the sadness, and I know if you're like me, you're like, how do we do that? 
I told you I have to do it kind of continuously. When I feel myself start having anxiety, I'm like, okay, something's up. Something's up. That's a road sign. When I start to feel this, because another thing you'll see is when God starts to move in your life, when he starts to touch an area and, and you start to be set free from that, you'll see this like frantic work of the enemy, right? Because he knows he's about to lose that stronghold in your life. So what he'll do is rather than making you focus on that, he'll, he'll make, you, make you focus on what you felt like during the time of transition, not, not what God did, what God was doing, what God ultimately ended up doing in the situation, but how you felt in the middle of it. And I believe today, church, that, that we are made overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. And so I came to testify to some people today online. If it happened to me, it can happen to you. If he could do it for me, listen to me, church. If he could do it for me, he can do it for you. He could do it for you. He could do it for anyone. How do I do it? I wrote down some things. These are by no means like the exhaustive study, right? These are just some things so I could give the media team some notes. But, but listen, seriously, these are some things that I believe that if you'll, if you'll listen to these, if you'll lean in, you'll let these get into your spirit, I believe that, that this year will be different for you. I really believe that. Number one is my prayer will be my persistence. My prayer will be my persistence, right? Re repeat that. Repeat that after me. My prayer will be my persistence. <clears throat> Let me tell you what happens when you pray. The Bible says that the prayer of a righteous person has great power and, and I've read, read an amazing translation the other day. It said, ha, has great power and accomplishes many things. Many things. You might have heard it as the prayers of a righteous person availeth much. The prayers that you pray have great power and do much. And I would go as far as to say that some of the things that you're going through today, some of the things that you've gone through in the last year or the last couple of years, some of the, some of the dark times in your life, can I just be honest with you? Some of those times we, we think are attacks of the enemy, but most of the time it's not to hurt us. Instead, it's to drive us to prayer. It's to drive us to God. And can I just tell you something? Oftentimes we, we take these bad things that happen to us because they're life, but if we, if we ran to God and handed it to him, did you know he could calm a storm? He could raise the dead. Don't know where that came from. <laughs> but there, the things that we go through are not there to hurt us. It's, it's to drive us. Prayer will be my persistence. Prayer will be my persistence. Um, remember the word persistence. Now, that, again, that's just not one of those words that's like, that's a cool word. That's a pretty word. That's an exciting word, persistent. I think of something, you know what I think of persistence? Persistence. 
Like I try to be spiritual and I'm just going to let y'all in in a weird little dark closet in my head. When I think of persistence, I think of an itch. Or I think of, I think of my kids. They're persistent, especially the little one. She's persistent. Persistent. Persistence is the very thing that the Apostle Paul writes that these things that we go through, these trials that we go through, it's the very thing that it's trying to develop. Persistence. And for some some of us, we need to have that passion restored. Some of us have lost that passion for prayer, right? And that may be the start for you today is to just ask God to restore that passion and just get back in, the, in the, the process of walking with God and talking with God, right? Because oftentimes what I've seen is when we start going through this stuff, when we start getting in this mindset, we oftentimes, that is a, a, a accompanied with this feeling of abandonment from God. And can I just tell you today, church, God has not abandoned you. We've just stopped walking into the sweet spot of his presence. Because listen, there is nothing about the grace of God that makes it like he's just a teenage girl waiting to get mad at you because you gossiped about her. You know what I mean? He's, he's there and he's waiting on you. And, and, and maybe you're here today and you're like, Pastor Jeremy, I don't even know where to start with. I've, I pray, but honestly, I've just been kind of like one of those prayers where I, I pray about certain things or when I know about something, I'll pray. I don't know where to start. And I want to I tell you today, church, listen to me. We're in a crazy world in the middle of a pandemic. You can find some stuff to pray about. Pray about stuff. Pray about your friends. Pray about your family. Pray about the things going on. Pray for, for your church. Pray for Pray for the volunteers here. Pray for the leaders here, the community out here. But I also can encourage you with this. In Romans, it says, when we're weak, he is strong. And it, it also says that, that, that when we don't know what to pray, that the Holy Spirit will, will start to intercede. And listen to me, church, there's that word intercede again. And I looked that word up because I love that word. And that word intercede means to intervene. And listen to me, intervene means to come between as to prevent or alter. To come between something as to prevent or alter. This isn't, this isn't something that's just coming to kind of block. This isn't something that's coming. This is something that's coming to separate. And it says that when we don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will start to intercede, right? To get in the middle of of what is and take us to what could be. And I believe that God doesn't just want us to pray for ourselves. I believe he's looking for intercessors. Maybe that's you this year. Maybe you step into a role of an intercessor, right? Where you just pray and you just seek after God. And and listen, can I just tell you, there's nothing bad that ever comes from seeking God. Seeking more of God, wanting more of God, praying for more people is not going to do anything but make you a better person and more like Jesus. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Composed myself. There's this lady named Hannah. You can kind of find this story in 1 Samuel, but she knew how to pray, right? Right? Like she really, 
knew how to pray, and she was persistent in her prayer. And the Bible says that every year she would go to the temple and pray, and then something changed one year, right? How many of y'all know this story? All right. Something changed one year. Listen to this. In, in 1 Samuel, it says, 1 Samuel 1, 10 through 11, it says, Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, Lord of heaven's armies, if you look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. Watch this. I don't, I don't know if you saw that, but in, in, in the story, right, Hannah came year after year to pray for the son that she didn't have. And then what changed is this time she prayed that God would use the son that he was going to give her. Right, So I, I think sometimes we got to change our reason. Sometimes we got to change the things that we're asking for. Maybe, maybe, maybe it, it's what you're wanting to do with something. Maybe God, God's given you a dream to maybe start your own business, but, but have you tried to ask God what he wants you to do with it? Have you tried to ask God what he wants? And that's the thing that changed, right? Prayer will be my persistence. And I like this one. Number two, my promise will be my perspective. My promise will be my perspective. His promise, not the reality of the pain, not, not the, the reality of the circumstance, but the reality of his promise. I'm gonna rise above where I am now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see the future and, and listen to me. Church, some of us have put down our promise. Some of us have put down our calling. Some of us have put down the thing that, that God's called us to do. And I want to encourage you today to stop letting the, the disappointment from people rob you of having a full relationship with God and walk in in your full calling and walking in your full promise. Because if we could take a step back, we'll realize that God is still there. He still has a calling. He's, he's never disappointed us. He's never failed us. He's never let us down. But yet oftentimes we walk away from his, his presence. We walk away from his promise and we put it down. And the Bible says that all his promises are yes and amen. Isaiah said it like this, that, that the word will not return to me empty. Listen to me, church. Today, people are looking, God is looking for people who will walk in his promise today, who will walk in his authority. Your promise is your persistence. If you don't know what your promise is, let me give you a couple of ones I found in the Bible. All right. So this is the Bible, not me. You're the head, not the tail. You're above, not beneath. You're first, not last. Greater is he that is in you. Amen. Come on now. Listen, you are the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You are first and not last. But then I added some more, right? That your best days are still to come. And band, if you'll come on, or Dave, you could just come on and join us. Um, it may not always feel like it. it. May not always feel like it, church. 
but your best days are, are still to come. Because here, here's what I know is that the Bible says that his promises are yes and amen. And as I close with this, it's number three. So we got my prayer will be my persi- uh, persistence. My promise will be my perspective. And then number three, my praise will be my proof. My praise will be my proof. Listen, listen to me, church. Praise is not just an indication that God has done something in your life. Can I break this down for just a couple minutes? Praise is proof that you know that God is good. Praise is trust in action. It's, it's thanksgiving in action. It's faith in action. It's, it's healing in action. It, in God, it invites God into our personal space and it invites him and says, get in the middle of my stuff today. Give me beauty for ashes. Give me joy for mourning. And, and I want to encourage you this year, church, as we, we're kind of just starting off this year. This year is blank. Now, we carry stuff over from last year, and we start to set up what kind of year this is going to be. And can I just tell you, as we're going into this new year, pray like you never have before. Let me encourage you to have like real honest prayer time. Real honest prayer time. Hold on to your promises. Hold on to the things that that God tells you because those are the things that is going to help you get through the transition periods and and lastly praise this year like you never have. Praise this year like you're free, like you've been set free. Because here, here's what I believe. Again, it's, it's, trust. it's trust in action. It's faith in action. It's healing in action. It's inviting God to where we are. And I think that's amazing. And, and listen to me, church. I believe that if we do that this year, if we start this year off like that, build a good foundation and we continue to do that, I believe that not only are we not going to look or be the same next year, but our church is going to be different. Our community is going to be different. You know, we have these, these first Wednesdays and, you know, I think of the powerful prayer time that, that happens. And what if, what if church this year, we just make that be our lifestyle? Make that be our lifestyle. I think, I think God has put us in a position last year to be able to do some things that he's called us to do for a long, long time. For a long, long time. We were between the prayer and the promise. And I want to tell you that God is also between the prayer and the promise. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes this morning as I close. I never want to come in to this place and not give a chance for salvation. So before we go any further in our service, I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to ask if you're, if you're in this place and 
you're hearing these words and you're saying, Pastor Jeremy, I am far from God. Maybe, maybe you've been a Christian, but you've just kind of stepped back. You've, you've put down your promise. You've put down the, the calling that God had and you kind of just walked out of his presence. Or maybe you're here in this place and you're like, you know, I've never known Jesus. If that's you and you want to know Jesus today, will you just raise your hand and wave it at me this morning? Not gonna spend a whole lot of time on this. I just wanna give everybody the opportunity. Amen. Amen. Church, if you would, if at all possible, will you just stand with me this morning and we're gonna, we're gonna pray and, and start this thing out right, amen? Father God, I pray for these people in this place, Lord. I pray that, that you help them see what you're doing right now, Lord. See what you're doing in their lives that maybe they're in a transition, God, but I pray that you make your presence known. I pray that today is a turning point in their walk with you, a turning point where they're going to pick up their calling. They're going to pick up their promise. They're going to get rooted in prayer. And Lord, I believe that that through that, we're going to see the praises that go up from this church, that go up from these people be different because of what you're doing, God. And I ask that. More than anything, God, I ask for those that are right now in the middle of two realities, God. I pray that, that Lord, in the hard times, I pray that that reminds us of the grace. I pray that that reminds us of the power. I pray that that reminds us of the authority. And I pray that instead of, of us being Christians that walk in authority when everything's good, we can be Christians that walk in authority at all times, God. We can walk in peace at all times. We can walk in joy at all times, not because we were anything special, but because that's what you've given as part of what you've done for our life to bring us closer to you. We praise you and we love you this morning. All God's people said amen. Let's give God praise this morning.